Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis hits TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Enough is enough. This week was the worst week New York ever had. Uh, we were tied up in traffic. traffic. Mm-hmm. My 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 left ear tied up to my right ear. See, that was nice. That was nice on Friday. I was worried. That and was I, I was worried. I was going to say something else. And the president and the president, the president heard you. Is heard gone. you. You we, he heard you last night. We you respect him. We respect the president of the United States. We always respect him. But. Good riddance. Thank you. See you soon. He was in the hotel right nearby here. Well, we'll I see know. You, see yeah. you I same know. time next year. Got locked down for same like hours. Yeah. We have a, a full studio today. Mm. We have a, two common sense Democrats. We have Judge uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. We have uh, uh, Governor David Patterson. Patterson. David Patterson. Ed Cox, me and him were together. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by Democrats. (laughs) Me and Ed were together at 8 o'clock in the morning meeting with the Nigerian Petroleum Company. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. In case we run short of of oil, oil, they're willing to ship all they got. Wow. That's some breaking news oh, right thank there. You. But, but we've been together since 8 o'clock this morning. 8 o'clock this morning. And Lydia, I understand, you got some breaking news? Breaking news, WABC. And on the line with us right now again this week, because as always, he's got some breaking news for us. John Solomon of JustTheNews.com. That's JustTheNews.com. John Solomon, what's that breaking news? Well, let's start with the stock market. Today, uh, it went down again, broke down below the 30,000 barrier, Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, We're heading into bear territory and a sign that both investors and everyday Americans are unhappy with the direction of this economy. We've seen it in the polling. Now we see it in the stock numbers. The stock market's down nearly 20% from the beginning of the year, fell about 1.6% alone today. So that's a a story that's uh, resonating a lot of places. People are really becoming worried about that. On other uh, political news, because there's a little bit of that going on, House Republicans have put together the most complete uh, solutions agenda that they've done since 1994 when Newt Gingrich made the contract with America famous. It's called the Commitment with America, put out there by one of Newt Gingrich's students, now the leader of the House Republicans, uh, Kevin McCarthy. A lot of different uh, big items in it, uh, reducing the size of government, getting inflation down, re um, invigorating the energy industry that uh, that Joe Biden has strangled. But the big one that I think a lot of people are talking about, they promise that one of the first things they'll do is defund those 87,000 new IRS agents that the Biden Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, doesn't reduce inflation, uh, put into um, into motion with uh, Congress last month. So uh, that's some of the big news uh, cranking around town right now. And uh, what do you see uh – uh, going on uh, six weeks to the election, uh, John Solomon. Uh, yeah. You see any? A, 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 are the American people realizing uh, all the things that are going on? I think so. There's just all, all these little hints and data. I like. To, I'm a data nerd, so I love data. Here's just one little thing. Uh, President, former President Trump is going uh, to uh, North Carolina tonight, and I hadn't looked at this for a while, but I checked it out last night. We wrote a real fun story. In North Carolina, there's been a remarkable dynamic since Joe Biden took over. The first dynamic is the number of Democratic uh, registered voters has gone down for the first time in a very long time. But it uh, got down about, you know, maybe about a thousand, a little over a thousand voters. 
but the number of people who identify as independent or Republican has gone up by nearly a quarter million, 220,000. There is something going on in the country right now. Uh, we see it in the polling. We see it in the people saying the country's in the wrong direction. Uh, but we're seeing these growths in registration, the, the declining Democratic enthusiasm. Uh, it's certainly setting up to be a protest election, election where people express their unhappiness with the state of the country, specifically economy and crime. When you talk to voters, when I was out in the real world earlier this week, on a couple states, uh, you can't meet anyone who doesn't want to talk about rising crime or rising inflation. And John Solomon, here in New York, I mean, things are such a mess, specifically New York City in the Bronx. They're they're putting up these migrant tents there at Orchard Beach, which is basically out in the middle of nowhere nearby. They're also putting up a, a building for about 1,500 guys, also fresh from Rikers Island. So that whole area, which is actually kind of like a nice part of the Bronx, is going to be decimated because right now New York City is under siege with all these migrants. We're up to about 14,000 and yet no nearby Democratic mayors or governors are offering to take some of the migrants, take some of the load off of New York City. Does that surprise you? No. Listen, I think everywhere in the country, people are beginning to understand the baseline consequences of this uh, anti-crime movement. Or when I say, what I should say is anti-law enforcement movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, first, it was the funding police, and it was letting people out who are violent uh, uh, offenders on no bail, no cash bail. And you're, one of the places where you're seeing it marquee play out on the big stage is Pennsylvania, just to the south of you. Uh, it, uh, there's a clear uh, a beginning, a reevaluation of the lieutenant governor now running for U.S. Senate. He was way ahead in the polls. Polls are tightening up. The more that Oz focuses on John Fetterman's uh, record in, of, hey, he really did want to release second-degree murderers from prison. He really did want to decriminalize heroin. He really is a, prop- a proponent of these things, even though he's denying it now the more you're seeing uh, the electorate turn in that race. And I think that's a bellwether. I think in in cities and in states all across the country where uh, liberal politicians have enacted these uh, no cash bail uh, things, you're going to see, I think, a punishing return in the elections in November. And then talk about Illinois, that no cash bail that they want to do there. They're calling it the purge. I mean, we're talking about second degree murder that they wouldn't right. charge bail. Can you believe that, John? I mean, what? This is well, the same thing is happening in Illinois, but it's also happening in Pennsylvania. Yes, that's where, what, where mm-hmm. Fetterman that's what John said. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to, uh, you know, Philadelphia yep. make all of Pennsylvania as bad as Philadelphia. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that, you have it exactly right, John. This dynamic, and here's an amazing thing. Uh, the uh, legislature, which passed that, they call it the Safety Act, which, by mm-hmm. the way, it doesn't have much to do with safety. Uh, uh, there's 102 county prosecutors, state's attorneys by county. 100 of the 102, including almost all the Democrats, are opposing this law, saying it's going to make Illinois less safe. When all of the prosecutors in the state speak at one time, that's very rare given today's political divide. You know now that there is a growing concern that this approach, which there was a lot of enthusiasm on the left for, it's hitting middle America, it's hitting everyday Americans, and it's boomeranging now. And this may be, the election may be the first measure. The election is six weeks away. Uh, we want common sense. Whether you're black, whether you're Asian, whether you're Latino, whether you're whatever you are, <laughs> we want law and order in our country. God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, John Solomon. Again, that's John Solomon of JustTheNews.com. And thank you for, for everything that you do and keeping the, 
getting the truth out there. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Wow. I mean, uh, John Solomon really tells it the way it is. Guys, uh, you know, Ed Cox, the, there's so many things happening in our city. I mean, we're worried. I mean, we've got six weeks for people to decide whether we're going to have common sense leadership where where people feel safe to walk around. What do you say, Ed Cox? That's it. And the ad words are heating up. Uh, Governor Hochul's uh, campaign uh, dumped two weeks of camp of ads on uh, on our candidate Lee Zeldin, and to no effect. They really didn't have an impact compared. I saw them both. on CNBC yeah. today, and they were very powerful. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at them. But they were but lies. What they were throwing about was abortion, mm-hmm. uh, and that's me, and Trump, and. There's no way that a Republican governor can do anything about abortion because the Democrats have majorities in both houses of the well, legislature. Well, let's go, let's, let's go to uh, the governor. Governor Patterson, what say you? I mean, they were very powerful commercials. Uh, they were powerful commercials. I don't think they necessarily would change the polls because, as I see it, uh, Hochul is ahead now. And I think by more than what the polls seem to be reporting – I don't see with the registration the way it is uh, how Zeldin can win this election unless he steps it up. And I will admit, when he was on this show last week, he did. If he maintains that pace and that understanding of the issues and that sense of how to solve problems, he can make this closer. Up to this point, with that exception, Governor, I don't think he I mean, We always give equal time to everybody. Either you or myself will call uh, Governor Hochul and ask her if she wants to come on. Sure. By the way, I played uh, Lee Zeldin's ad on my social media and hey. it was blacked out. It, they, blacked, they blacked it out they, on they social media? On my Facebook and on my Twitter oh and my on, my, on Instagram. Big they put a strikes war- again. They put a warning. They blacked it out and they yeah. said, if you want to see it, it's too graphic. Well, let me tell you what they're about. It's about crime. <laughs> That's all it was about. And it's about the affordability here in New York State, and it's about taxes in New York State. It got blacked out, they said, from the crime. it says that Lee Zeldin's got a plan and that Kathy Hochul is clueless. What has she done? She is clueless. what was the picture we would have seen? You've got to be strong. Uh, As the governor knows, New York needs a strong governor against the legislature to make sure you control the – and, boy, Governor, uh, Governor Patterson controlled the budget. And Judge Weinberg, I know you're you're passionate. You were all fired up before. Why are I'm you so fired fi- up every day? Because they are destroying our country, they're destroying our city, they're destroying our state with this left wing utopian ideas. You cannot let violent criminals out on the street. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that. Walk down the street and see what's going on in our streets. The homeless everywhere, the mentally ill everywhere, the drug addicted are everywhere. And Kathy Hochul who is the governor, has not taken any leadership, and she's allowed Hasty and Stuart Cousins to run the game, and they're controlled by their left wing. The mayor, uh, the mayor of the we have the We have the DA, uh, we have the uh, Detective uh, Joe. Jackalone. Jackalone coming on, and we'll continue this conversation with Joe Jackalone. But I understand other stuff is happening. I believe we have Alan Dershowitz calling in right now. With us today is Alan Dershowitz, and he had one great article uh, uh, today about the Pillow Man. Uh, and uh, it's interesting what's going on. The government is going after him. Uh, everybody's going after him, uh, including uh, 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 the company that did the, the voting machines. Uh, tell us, Alan Dershowitz, why are you representing the Pillow Man? 
Well, you know, uh, 40 years ago, I was representing uh, people accused of uh, communism or accused of violent demonstrations against the government. I go wherever the Constitution is creating unconstitutional attacks on victims. And today, they're going after Trump. They're going after uh, other people who I disagree with, who I voted against, including Mike Lindell, the pillow man. So as long as the government is, is, is focusing and weaponizing its uh, efforts at anybody, Republican or Democrat, I'm going to go after them. And in my op-ed piece, I say it's more important for Democrats and liberals like me to be taking on the FBI and the Trump the, and, and, and the Biden administration uh, than it is, you know, when Repo- it's easy for Republicans to go after Democrats and for Democrats to go after Republicans. What's necessary is for liberal Democrats like me to criticize the current government overreach, because otherwise we're going to have precedents established that 10 years from now will be used against the Democrats, and who knows who else will be used against. Alan, when I read your column uh, this morning, I was taken by your point, which is they try to intimidate lawyers from representing people whose politics they don't like, and what a chilling effect that has on all our constitutional rights and how it destroys uh, due process and fairness in the judicial system. No, I agree with you. That's that's why I wrote my book, The Price of Principle, to tell the story, because I want to encourage lawyers to to show courage. Right now, lawyers won't represent any of these people. Certainly Democrat lawyers won't. They don't want to be Dershowitz. They don't want to be attacked and canceled and their families attacked and uh, people turning against them. Uh, it's just a variation of McCarthyism. Now, I'm old why is the government lawyers? Yeah. Why does the government go and take uh, Michael Lindell's telephone? What, what, what was that well, all about? What's you know, on that telephone? It's like, taking, it's like taking his whole life. It's much more worse than a general search of a house. A house doesn't contain, you know, the secrets that you told your wife or your children. Um, everybody's whole life today is electronically stored, and the government goes in and takes it as if it's a piece of cheese, uh, and and they have no justification for it. Well, it's what you said before. Conversations, yeah. Yeah. What you said before, and we, we've talked about this on Cats at Night, the fact of the matter is this is like a general warrant. And they have no right to do this under our Constitution. That's right. And also, we don't know how they found him. Mike was hunting with a friend. Nobody knew where he was. He goes to an obscure Harding to have a bite in a a town that nobody heard of, but the FBI knew he was there. They checked, They must have tracked him on his cell phone. If they did, Justice Scalia, for a majority of the Supreme Court, said, you need a warrant for that. That was not in the warrant. Now, we haven't seen the affidavit and the application, but there's no warrant to find him. There was no warrant to block his access. There was no warrant to deny him the right to call his lawyer initially. And so, you know, every liberal, every Democrat should be as upset about this as I am. Why where's the ACLU? Democrat out there. Where's you the ACLU me? on this? Oh, oh, the ACLU is on the government side. Suddenly, they've become big supporters of the FBI, the government, congressional committees. As long as it's get Trump, nothing matters to the ACLU. And to many of my liberal friends and many of my so-called civil libertarian friends, there's an exception here because, quote, Trump is different. That's what they said about Japanese Americans in 1943. They're different. That's why we have to put them in detention centers. 
That's what they said about so many other people throughout history. They're different. No, no, no. The Constitution applies to all. So we don't know yet what he's accused of, why they took his telephone. And I guess uh, we're going to tune in uh, next week sometime or or whenever you find out, please call us and let us know. As I mean, soon what as are... I find out, I'll let you know. I'll be I'm proud to represent him, even though I disagree with almost everything he says. You know, we agree on a few things. I'm, I'm not crazy about some of the voting machines and their lack of um, transparency. But, you know, I, I don't think the election I, is yes, uh, fraudulent. I think Trump, I, I I think Trump was the election. I think Trump yeah. was the election. And... People didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted against uh, Donald Trump in that election. Completely. The same, the same reason they voted. They voted against Hillary, not yeah. for Trump, four years earlier. Yeah, no, it's about time we get a presidential candidate from either party that people can vote for with enthusiasm. Thank you, uh, Mr. Dershowitz. Have a great uh, weekend yeah. and, uh, and, and, happy and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Russia. Thank you. Bye. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. You know Not what that again. means. Governor Patterson, oh. you don't have to go underneath the desk. You know, I have yogurt <laughs> in my blood now. Well, this is, <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, you're, you're black, and you're, you're black, and you're part Irish. You don't have to worry about Custer or the Indians coming after you. Oh, Custer coming after you. I'm not always sure who Custer is. Uh, <laughs> we have with us uh, the number one uh, economist in the country. The number one economist in the country. Larry Kudlow is with us. And thank God, Larry, thank God it's Friday. I mean, this city was so tied up with all the prime ministers and presidents and all Dukes the people. And the Dukes and Dukes and of Earl, yes, Dukes they were here too. Uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, a second dose. No more, no more. <laughs> I'm only Larry Cudlow. What I, say I, you? Only, what, tell us what's I'm going only on. So, yeah. I'm only sorry that I'm not there. <laughs> you would have a good time. <laughs> you would have That's if you were in the studio regret. with us. You would have a good time. We'll put you right next to the governor. <laughs> yes, only sorry. Next time, maybe. <laughs> uh, tell me, uh, are we having a, a meltdown, or is it? Uh, you know, there was people uh, uh, saying we're going into bear territory today. There was people, I understand, on CNBC. I got a text from somebody yelling at uh, the Fed chairman, stop raising interest rates. You're destroying the economy. I mean, I'd rather hear from you. You're a number one economist. Well, look at uh, the bear market is deepening. It's unfortunate. I don't like it any more than anybody else does, but the bear market is deepening. Um, our policies are completely unbalanced. I mean, what you got here is the Fed has to deal with inflation. It's a sticky inflation problem. The core inflation rate is probably still 6 or 7%, but the Fed's not getting any help from uh, the administration or Congress. Uh, there's no new oil production. They may not even get a permitting reform bill through. They should be cutting tax rates. They should be deregulating to help business. I mean, optimally, look at the Fed is probably doing the right thing, but in they're the only ones fighting it. The government is still spending and taxing and regulating. So therefore, uh, the Fed is crunching down. We're in a monetary contraction. It's going to continue for quite some time. Probably the next round of disappointments in the stock market is going to be a lot of reduced earnings. Profits are the mother's milk of stocks. Profit estimates are being cut left and right. I 
just saw one from Strategus, our friend Jason Trennett, who's a very smart guy. He's knocking down his profit numbers. That's probably going to be the next shoe to fall. The GDP is going to continue to decline. It's a very difficult situation, and it's going to last a whole bunch of more months. I don't see an end to it right now. So, so Larry, Ed Cox here. How can you have this kind of a disaster when you've got full employment going? Well, I don't know that it's full employment per se. And, by the way, employment and unemployment will be the last to go. I mean, you're, you're already seeing housing in a deep slump. Retail sales are slumping. Manufacturing is slumping. So my view is uh, whether it's this month or next month or the month after, you're going to see two things. Weekly unemployment claims, which are uh, up about sixty or 70,000 from the lows, they're going to continue to rise towards 300,000. They're about 230,000 now. And the monthly jobs numbers are going to start to deteriorate. That's Those are usually the last choose to fall. But this is a very tough year. You've got an ongoing monetary contraction. What you should have to offset that is uh, lower taxes and regulations. And you should uh, get out of this energy malaise. The person that's got it right is Liz Truss of Britain. She's come out with a Reagan-Thatcher type uh, proposal cutting personal tax rates, cutting corporate tax rates, cutting payroll taxes, ending the ban on fracking. He's got it exactly right. The Bank of England is tightening to improve the pound, uh, which is not going to be overnight, but that's right. And she's cutting tax rates to spur economic incentives to grow. That is the right policy mix. But we are not doing that now. I did like the commitment to America that came out with Kevin McCarthy. They've got the right ideas in there, but it's going to take quite some time for them to implement any of that uh, if they ever get to it. So it's tough, John. I don't like it any more than anybody else likes it, but I think um, the medicine is going to get worse. Think of that fracking in the United Kingdom. How about that? Yes, absolutely right. I mean, I really like what Liz Truss is doing, okay? Um, She was criticized by people on these left-wing business networks like Bloomberg and CNBC. They shouldn't. That's what Reagan did. That's what Reagan did. He had Volcker tighten the dollar higher, get monetary excess out of the system, while he lowered tax rates and he decontrolled the price of oil, as you know well, Ed Cox. That's the right thing to do. We should be doing that right now here. But meanwhile, you have Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, out yesterday in some goofy speech saying, well, we have unfinished business. Unfinished business. We have to keep up with the Green New Deal and climate change to end fossil fuels. We have to raise taxes on corporations. We have to raise taxes on the wealthy. Now, isn't that just a wonderful idea? Here we are with a bear market in stocks, people losing trillions of dollars across the board. 55% of Americans are in the market one way or another, and she wants to raise taxes on the very companies that uh, you're investing in. And I mean, they're only going the to, co- if they raise the taxes, all that those companies are going to do reflect it back to the consumer. Well, that's true, too. They'll just, they'll just pass on the tax hike in the form of higher prices. You're exactly right. So we're on the wrong track here. But as I said, I did like Kevin McCarthy's commitment to uh, to America. Um, It's like the old Newt Gingrich uh, contract with America. It gives them a roadmap. It gives them some key talking points on inflation and taxes and regulations and crime and and education. All good. 
And I'm just waiting for uh, David Patterson to call his friend <laughs> Joe Biden to straighten him out. David Patterson, would you call the White House? Get the White House on the phone. I seem not to have the number anymore. <laughs> Based on some comments I've made here. He was driving up and down the block here like a That's few right. times yesterday. Let me, let me ask a secret. You, you had a direct line to your office. When the, when the White House changes hands, do they change all those numbers by, by or no, where the phones are located? So whoever is sitting at your <laughs> desk right now. I'll start right after the show, Ed. You can call them. <laughs> I used to call that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that never, that number never changes. Never that changes. That number never changes. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. But, you know, policies do change and voters do vote. And I'm still optimistic about the outcome. I think you're going to see this is going to be a very big change in the midterms. And that's good. That's a note of hopefulness. Uh, but we're going to have to – you've got a bear market correction, John, and um, I just think it's going to have to run its course. That's the way things are. Now, having said that, let me say this. Um, stocks for the long run. So you might want to think about this for a more optimistic point of view, that as the market declines, you might want to do some dollar-cost averaging into stocks. You might want to – Increase your investment in uh, the S&P 500 indexes. Uh, Eddie Cox, you should remember Burton Malkiel, who taught us. I sure do. A random uh, walk we, down Wall Street. That's Eddie right. Cox. We, both, we, we, both, we both know him from uh, Princeton. Yeah. And he wrote a very good piece in the Wall Street Journal about this. The dollar cost averaging, if you can do it for the longer term, will pay off. Stocks are still the very best investment over the longer term. What you got now is a bear market cycle. Uh, we've seen them before, but you always come back from it. So that's, you know, tactically, uh, probably that's not a bad thing to do. Okay, Larry, you're advising now Speaker McCarthy. The first thing he should do, Republican control the House. They control the budget. That's where it starts. Uh, doesn't control it completely. What would you what would you have them do first and foremost? Well, you, you know what? You got to. I would start carving up, uh, well, two things. you got to do a couple of things simultaneously. Number one, you should start enforcing the pay-go caps on the budget and stop this incredible rise in federal spending, which itself is so inflationary. That's point number one. Point number two, make the Trump tax cuts permanent. In particular, the 100% bonus depreciation allowance should be made permanent. That ends at the end of this year. And number three... Uh, start the permitting and the fracking and the oil production. Start that back up. We're only doing 11.3 million barrels a day. Yep. We, did we, we, did, we can go to 15. Larry Cudlow, thank you for everything you've done, and thank you, and have a great weekend. And right. Thanks very much. And we're going to go to a break. Patterson. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> it's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Breaking news, WABC. And that breaking news coming out of New York City, well, specifically Staten Island, where Borough President Vito Fisella has issued a letter to the Independent Budget Office asking it to urgently 
take a look at a cost analysis on the impact to New York City's budget from the influx of migrants from our country's southern border. Right now, they're estimating about 14,000 migrants. They're also building a migrant tent city up in the Bronx. It's getting out of control. It's kind of, I'm worried we're going to start looking like Mogadishu at this point. On the line with us right now is Joe Jackalone up in the Bronx, the NYPD also talking about how they're going to beef up security there. I I just don't even know how the NYPD, how anybody can handle all of these migrants. We don't know who they are. And the majority of them, Joe Jackalone, are also going to be young men. Well, when you have uh, an influx of any type of people, I mean, listen, the NYPD is great at uh, making sure you have situations where, uh, you know, you think of New Year's Eve, we have a million people coming into New York City. I mean, listen, they can think they can handle it. They look like they might have a plan. But also I look at this and in, in seeing that uh, this is something that they could have also used for uh, the homeless problem that we have. So these 10 cities putting them out of place where you're trying to get people out of the subways and, uh, you know, mental health facilities, whatever you might be, uh, it might be a good idea to uh, use them for that, too. And isn't it? Joe, it's a, it's a Richard Weinberg. Nice to talk to you again. You know, there's now, there are now reports that Maduro from Venezuela is sending in the worst felons, the violent felonies, to send them to our southern border. And where do you think they're going to wind up? Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the history repeats itself. If you remember way back when, when Fidel Castro did the same thing, emptied out all his prisons and sent everybody to Miami. Yeah, so, the Mario uh, of, of boats, yeah. Yeah. It was Carter's, unusual, Carter's yeah, gift I mean, to America. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. So, uh, you know, we're living in that kind of world, and I, I think that, um, you know, listen, something's going to have to be done. Something's going to have to, you know, come, come to a head eventually. But, um, listen, we, we don't need any more issues with the fentanyl problem. We don't need any more issues with crime, specifically in New York City, where we're seeing increases of about 34% across the board year to date. Um, you know, any type of incident where you're going to have, you know, police now have to do security at these sites. Uh, listen, we know that the police department is suffering from resignations and retirements, and there's not enough cops left. So anything that's going to make them thinner uh, is going to be detrimental to the other citizens of New York. For all of our listeners, Joe Jackalone is a retired uh, detective sergeant of the NYPD. He's also uh, a professor at John Jay Law School. Uh, you had a question for him, Judge Weinberg, regarding that report on bail reform. Uh, Joe, that report, I, I took a look at that, and I've read the countervailing arguments against it. I thought that report from the Criminal Justice Office of the state was an absolute sham. They just fudged the numbers. They manipulated it. They're not getting the real impacts. This city is less safe, and this state is less safe under this bail reform and all the other laws that were passed that create this climate of, of lawlessness. Rapes are up, armed robberies are up, grand larcenies are up, carjackings are up, all the kind of stuff that destroys quality of life and people's commitment to the city and to the state. And that's why 42,000 people in the last year have moved to Florida and changed their residence. And we're losing productive, important people. What say you? Well, you have a situation where for such a long time they've been hiding these figures from us. And it's not so much, I don't know, what's being done or where the figures are actually coming from in that respect, but it's the gaslighting. It's been, it's been telling us all along. First, it was that there is no crime problem. And now they're telling, you know, and after the crime started really spiking, now it's not a bail reform problem. Well, I always tell people, you know, we use bail reform to blame for a lot of issues, but it's, it's about criminal justice reform, prison reform, raise the age. I mean, New York State has a whole bunch of them. And the, the, the biggest problem of New York State's reforms 
is that it failed to give judges the discretion to hold people that really should be held. So if you look at what happened just recently in Manhattan, where this guy got basically let off on an attempted rape, and he's out on the street, and there's five other sexual assaults. So when people say that bail reform or these reforms don't increase the crime, this guy, he has five cases on him within a week of being set out. And the DA's office wanted to give him only 30 days. He was facing 25 years. And when the Manhattan District Attorney's office was asked, hey, are you aware that he sexually assaulted five people? One of them was a guy. And you want to give him just 30 days? They were like, well, we might possibly take back the plea deal. Why wouldn't they just automatically rescind the deal, Joe Jackalone? Well, this is the this is the problem that we're facing. So when you know when you bring up stories like that, you have the people on the other side will say, "Well, that's only anecdotal." Well, listen, every day there's been anecdotal stories. And listen, I always tell people behind those stories are real victims and their families that have to deal with this and the consequences of these actions. And it's it's one, it's not fair. It is two, it's not good for the the vitality of New York City. Yeah, you know, I will tell you. I will tell you having sat on criminal court and state Supreme Court, if that deal was before me, I would throw them out of my courtroom. I would not accept that deal. And if there was a deal made and it came time for me to impose sentence, I would refuse to impose that sentence. Find yourself another bleeding-heart judge who doesn't feel that public safety is important. And regarding that bail report, Joe Jackalone, I want to... You point this out to our audience. The total number of rearrests is way up from 1,994 for all of 2019 to 4,004 for three quarters of 2021, equivalent to about 5,344 full years. So we went from 2,000 to over 5,300 regarding rearrests. And yet they want to tell us that bail reform is working and that it's not resulting in more crime being committed on our streets. Joe Jackalone, I'm going to steal your line, Judge Weinberg. Cancer. What's the, what's the new cancer? The cancer of apathy. We have to fight back. That's too, too, I too complicated. Let me go to the dictionary. Keep it simple. It actually has to do with ignorance and apathy. Who knows who cares? Uh, Keep it simple. All you guys are college graduates. I'm a college dropout. (laughs) So we should all be as unsuccessful as you as college dropouts. Indifference. They don't care. They don't care. Well, that's what I said. Who knows who cares? John, look. Just how well you would have done if you only graduated another six courses. That's it. Maybe you would have had, like, I don't know, a couple more billions. (laughs) What the real problem is, too, when you look at these figures that nobody's really talking about is that upstate New York and the surrounding counties are actually doing worse in some areas of the years than New York City has in re-arrest forms. So that's affecting the suburbs and everything else that goes on outside of New York City. Unfortunately, a lot of times we get caught up in New York City as the center of New York. Uh, You know, in in so many words, it is. But there's a whole big state out there that's suffering at points worse than New York City when it comes to re-arrest rates. Governor Patterson, obviously you're the governor of New York. It, New York City, it, we, we think it's the center of the universe. But, I mean, there are a lot of places in, in New York State alone that are, is bur- is bursting at the seams. that is suffering from this crime wave. And it's just astounding to me to, that Governor Hochul is not waking up and saying, like, hey, let me listen to Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams says, I want a special session. Let's consider the bail reform. Governor Patterson, wh- why isn't she listening? Why aren't the legislators listening to Mayor Adams? Well, I had this conversation with um, uh, Ed Cox a little while ago. I think the reason the governor didn't call the legislature back because she couldn't produce anything. In other words, she knew she'd get nothing out of it. But what uh, Ed and I were talking about is sometimes you don't have to win the battle, but you can win the war. At least you tried. At least you stood up for something. And 
that was the judgment she made. It may or may not hurt her in the general election. I think that... Um, what does she stand she, for, David? Well, she's... I think she stands for a lot of the things Weakness. that we talk about, but she's never known how to really negotiate that with the legislature. Well, thank you so much, uh, Joe Jackalone, again, retired NYPD detective for several decades with the NYPD. And thank you, as always, for, for telling us like it is. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back with Gordon Chang to see how bad are things out in the uh, Far East in China. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You're commuting home with Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. You know those NYPD union members that were fired over a vax mandate? Well, a judge has ordered that they be reinstated, go back on the job. So this is a big victory. Judge Lyle Frank ruled in favor of the PBA Association lawsuit against the city of New York, saying the vaccine mandate as a condition of employment is unlawful for members of the union. Judge Weinberg, your reaction? He's absolutely correct. He's the right, good judge, know him, excellent decision, good for him. And you know, Lee Zeldin was pushing for this. What He's about campaigning all the, hard on it? That's absolutely. So. What about all the nurses we lost though? We lost all those nurses. When Ed Cox just said, look, we lost all those nurses, but we can't get them back from Florida. Can't get them back. Well, the let's nurses go. Nurses are much in demand. They're, they're older. There's a lot of retirements going on. And there's not the young people coming in. Yeah. And what about the teachers, too? I think this opens up a whole can Absolutely. of worms. The same concept. Any any of these public employees who were blown out, they were fired. They were... All right. Let's go to Gordon Chang. Gordon Chang, we're going now to the Far East. What is going on over there? Well, Lydia, the <laughs> rumors are, and I'm sure these rumors are incorrect, but the rumors on the Chinese Internet is that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has been deposed. What? Whoa! 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 Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Is that breaking news? Hit the breaking news again. Wait, 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 wait. Breaking news. WABC. Okay, Gordon Chang, give that breaking news again. Yeah, the the rumors are on the Chinese internet is that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has been deposed in a coup. Now, I do not believe these rumors, but what started it is that. about 59% of the flights in China in the last couple of days have been canceled. Now, the Chinese military controls the Chinese airspace, and people on the Internet know that. And so they have started to speculate about this. What this does say, though, is that right now China is volatile, it's unstable, and that that's how these rumors get going. Now, I'm 99% sure that Xi Jinping is still in charge. 
But it does say that people believe that he shouldn't be in charge. And that's how I think that we are starting to hear things that would be inconceivable just, let's say, a couple of weeks ago. Gordon, Ed, Ed Cox here. As you know, if there's a real change that happened, like it went from Mao after the failure of the Great Leap Forward to President Liu Shaoqi, the titles say the same, but the power shifts to someone else. Isn't that the way they do it if it's really happening? Could very well be, uh, Ed. Um, you know, you have, for instance, many people um, who watch uh, elite Chinese politics have said, yes, Xi Jinping will get his third term as general secretary of the Communist Party, but he will effectively be stripped of some of his powers, which will go to people surrounding him. Now, other China watchers don't believe that's the case, that Xi is going to not only get his third term, but he will end up with more authority and more power and influence. We really don't know. Um, but the point right now is that uh, China is swirling with rumors. So why all these rumors and how does it affect the United States and the people here? Well, I think the rumors are because the 20th National Congress um, is scheduled to start October 16th. So there's going to be a lot of um, infighting at the top of the Communist Party, because it's not just uh, the position of general secretary that's up for grabs. It's a lot of other positions as well. At the first plenum of the 20th National Congress, which is held immediately after the close of the Congress, that's when the Politburo Standing Committee, the apex of political power in China, the seven members or whoever, how many that they decide, will walk out from the curtain and we will see who is actually running China. Everyone expects Xi Jinping, except for these rumors on the Internet, expects Xi Jinping to be at the head of that line, in other words, to be the general secretary. But we won't know until they pull the curtain away and the seven or however many guys walk out into the big stage. Wow. Gordon, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to tell you what's upsetting me enormously, which is the Chinese buying up the land in the United States and not only are they buying up uh, farmland and not making it productive, they're destroying it, and they're putting it close to our military bases. Now, that's buttoned and bootstrapped now that Iran is now buying land in Venezuela. Three so, million acres. That's right. So you have this combination of the Chinese coming into the United States, buying up this land in strategic places, and now you have Iran. What do you think Iran is going to be doing with land in Venezuela, with being confronted by this access of evil, which is buying us up and surrounding They're us. They're going to do what Cuba was going to do, put missiles there. Exactly right. Okay? So that's bottom line. And, and if America doesn't wake up, if we don't have a change in Washington, uh, well, we're in deep crap. Well, John, you pointed out earlier governor that, DeSantis. that the Governor DeSantis is now working to pass laws in Florida to stop this. If it's the doing, governor DeSantis has just passed the law. I don't know if it's signed yet. Uh, I don't know if anybody to knows. To make it illegal. To, uh, to make it I- illegal to buy a large tract of land by a foreign government near an air base. Right, to sell the farmland. Yep. Gordon well, Chang, we're running out of time. Just real quickly, what do you think the motive is here behind the event, you know, this, this land being bought up well, in Iran Venezuela? Well, very close relations with the, the Maduro regime. So, you know, I'm sure they're up to no good. But also everybody around the world is starting to understand we're going to run out of food. The U.N. Secretary General said that a couple of days, yesterday, actually. So, um, 
yeah, everyone is trying to buy farmland right now because food is going to become the most important commodity in a very short period of time. Oh, God. Well, thank you so much, Gordon G. Chang. That's how people can find you on Twitter. Gordon G. Chang, thank you so much for all that you do. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. And now Dr. Peter Mikolos is on the line for us, a resident medical genius with the latest uh, advance on science. Uh, cancer deaths are, are falling steadily in the United States with more survivors than ever. Welcome to welcome back to Cats at Night. Tell us what is going on. Well, it's great to be with you guys at night on the number one show, getting the truth out. And uh, it's great news because two million people a year get diagnosed with uh, cancer and about 600,000 in the United States die. But the number of survivals has really, survivors has really jumped up in the last few years. We have a million more survivors. The five-year overall survival in the 1970s was only 49%, and now the survival rate overall for all cancers is 70%. Dr. Mikolo, so that's after uh, chemical treatment, right? Aren't there new treatments now being developed? And those are vaccines, too. Well, thanks to uh, American investors who risk their capital and invest in all the great companies here and around the world. We've got things like uh, immune therapies like Keytruda, which saved uh, Jimmy Carter's life, who's 91 years old, with metastases to the brain and liver. And this drug is amazing and tells the immune system for certain types of cancer, like uh, bladder and colon and melanomas uh, has increased the survival dramatically because it tells your immune system go on full speed attack it increases those t-killer cells that laser target cancer cells and people are surviving more and also less people are smoking we're also seeing combination chemotherapies we're seeing some new chemotherapies that are showing promise even in brain tumors and glioblastoma we have better scans and imaging we have things like the gallery test by Grail, which is just a simple blood test, can spot 50 cancers before they even start. And it also tells you where it's originated, because sometimes they find a cancer, but they don't know where it originated. So, for example, I had someone recently, and uh, they were told uh, they weren't sure where it came from. I told them, go get the gallery test, and they found that it started in the ovaries. So early diagnosis. And the HPV vaccine for human papillomavirus has prevented so many cases of cervical cancer and of course one of the early big favors of millions of women who never got a Nobel Prize or a Presidential Medal of Freedom was Dr. Papa Nicolau of the pap smear test which saves millions of women around the world from cervical cancer. So all these things have improved things and also I think people are realizing that smoking, drinking and poor diet uh, really account for 40% of preventable cancers and I want to make our audience aware that uh, my friend, Dr. Angela Capo, the chief of women's radiology at St. Francis, reminded me October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So about 10 million people didn't go and get their colonoscopies or mammograms during COVID. So it's time to get out there, especially women 40 and up. If you have a family history, talk to your doctor and get it earlier than that. And catching things early will save many lives. And we're going to see a lot of that. And thank God we live in the greatest country and people who are willing to risk their capital to invest in companies because only one in 10 ever make it. And it costs hundreds of millions to take a drug through the FDA. And we're seeing more and more uh, survivors uh, everywhere. And, and Dr. Mikolos, how can someone get that gallery test? Uh, you can talk to your doctor. It depends where you live. For example, out here in the Hamptons, there's a Dr. Magdalena Swarzewski. You go to the office and they order it and they send it. But ask your doctor, I'd like to get it. The doctor has to sign up. They get the kit, they mail them the two tubes of blood, and then it's FedExed overnight to California, and then they they basically send you a, I did it myself in December, and thank God it came back, no cancer signals. 
detected because I'm interested in this because both my parents died of cancer. My mother died of breast cancer. Wow. And being able to spot these things early yeah. is a big deal. And Is it covered by insurance? Uh, some insurances do cover, but most don't. It's around $900, but it can end up saving you a lot of grief and aggravation. And it's, uh, it's incredible. a bunch of dinners in Manhattan. But it is an incredible, and it was developed actually by a gentleman who used to work in the Silicon Valley, and his wife died of breast cancer, and he put his money and his put the best scientists together and developed this test because he didn't want to see other people go through what he did. And as we all know, who lost parents to cancer, it's great to be able to catch it early. And thank God you guys get the truth out, and we'll probably save some more lives because people will go out and get early testing and get your mammogram. Well, at least we'll save some lives. You know what do we stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.